Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The biggest week of the year in mixed martial arts has arrived, and CBS Sports will be offering wall-to-wall coverage of UFC 239. Brian Campbell, Rashad Evans, and Brandon Wise are out at International Fight Week, so be sure to subscribe to the State of Combat podcast anywhere you find your podcasts for an exclusive interview with Amanda Nunes and a full preview of UFC 239 with predictions and new interviews all week long. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That is Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, we're sitting here Tuesday afternoon, and uh, as the, the countdown to the Open Championship continues, Kyle, we wanted to open today's show with a look at the European Tour, because this is this is the time where slowly but surely we've seen uh, PGA Tour stars they will decide to take their game overseas. This week, we've got the Irish Open. The next week, we've got the Scottish Open. Uh, the Scottish Open will get a few more of the uh, American names, the Irish Open field, which we'll get to in a little bit, still with its uh, fair share of stars. Uh, are you starting to flip your body clock around yet so that uh, you are going to be ready for the Open Championship? Like, are you, are you starting to go to bed have your children put you to bed so that you can wake up at 4 a.m. to be able uh, to watch all the golf overseas. Well, my children are not here uh, in Orlando right now. At the moment. I, That's true. You are still I, on uh, morning drive. You can see him again on Wednesday morning. Yeah, and, and I am getting up at 4 a.m., so maybe inadvertently. But, no, it, it's interesting because I think one of the unintended, I, I think, benefits of the schedule is that it's really split up the calendar into the first half really being all about the PGA Tour, right? You get these three majors in the U.S. You get all the kind of big tournaments, the Memorial, your uh, Players' Championship, Riviera, stuff like that. And then you get to July, and it's the second half of the of the calendar, and, and it really starts to turn to Europe. You know, they move the BMW PGA Championship to the second half of the year, They've got uh, Irish, they've got Scottish, they've got, you know, now the focus is on the Open Championship. Other than the playoffs um, for the PGA Tour, that's really kind of the big thing that's left. You've got the WGC in Memphis. That's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But, man, I was just sitting, we were both sitting here like idiots waiting for each other to to call the other person. But I was reading an article on Golf Week and and, um, there were a couple guys, Brant Snedeker and Jimmy Walker, just talking about how, like, this new schedule is actually really hard because it's so intense and you're having to play so many tournaments right in a row, but they didn't take anything off the back end of the year, like the, the fall stuff. Like they, they just kept, they just, they basically moved the end point up and, but they also moved the starting point up. And so they were just both talking about how, like, look, we get it and we get that there's uh, a ton of money involved and you want players to play a lot, but it's like, it's a lot. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of guys kind of take some time in the fall, which to me, I think 
really shifts everybody's uh, vision and attention to to Europe. So the because the fall schedule for the European tour is going to extend um, well into September, right? Yeah, it actually goes into I think it's November. Honestly, I think the Dubai event that is their tour championship. Uh, so they're they're more on like the the calendar, like they go basically January to November, whereas the PJ Tour goes like September to uh, August, like going like wrapping it around the next calendar year. Right. Um, so it's weird that there's like the PJ Tour will be in its 2020 season as the European the, Tour is concluding its 2019 yeah. season. Exactly. Exactly. But what that means is you're going to get your John Roms, your Rory's. Um, your Tommy Fleetwoods who have not played a lot in Europe are going to be over there more in the next few months, which I think is, is awesome. I love some of the courses and some of the places that they go to. So we've got the, the Irish open Tommy Fleetwood will be among the players in the field for the Irish open this weekend. Uh, Russell Knox, the defending champ, Shane Lowry in the mix, Matt Wallace, yeah. Louis Oosthuizen, uh, Graham McDowell, Martin Keimer, Fleetwood, yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. Fleetwood is the superstar here, right? Are you just picking him right now? Expert pick, uh, Irish oh, Open. I, you said Fleetwood, didn't you? Yeah. I meant Rom. Rom's in it. Rom's in it. Okay. Rom, Rom, no, Rom is. Uh, so, man, I was looking at this. Hopefully, I don't have this on here for later. I'll just, I'll, we'll just talk about it right now. I do have it for later, but we'll talk about it right now. Rom, in his last nine European tour events, like, so, so I'm not counting WGCs, which are technically European tour. I'm not counting majors, which are technically European tour. I'm talking about just like your Irish Opens, your Spanish Opens, stuff like that. His last nine European tour events, seven top fives. And th- <laughs> ah, I love that. And three wins. Okay. So it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, like it, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I get that it's, you know, not as good as a PGA tour or whatever, but that's, that's wild. That's really impressive. So we have to balance like that's worth something. It's absolutely not nothing, but I still don't know exactly what to assign to that other than uh, just continued evidence for John Rom. Like it's almost, uh, you, you take it almost as another data point for projecting him forward more than trying to change the way we view him right now. Correct. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I'd have to go back and look on what kind of core. I mean, my, my whole deal with Rom is he just wins everywhere. Like he wins in Dubai, he wins in San Diego, he wins on a, on a links course in Ireland. Like he just, he just wins. I mean, it, it, it's, I think the kind of breadth of his game is, uh, I guess, underrated. I, I don't know. And I don't know. You struggle with that because you're like, well, he doesn't play that great at U.S. Opens. Well, he just finished T3 at Pebble. Right. You know? And so I, I think I just, I don't know. I think in terms of like purely talking about guys whose games m- like match a variety of courses. I think he's right up there. I think it is unfair for us to draw any broad comparison. Like it, it is unfair for us to draw any broad statements on what John Rom does in majors with only about three and a half years of major experience. Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. The, the hard thing with the U S U S open and USGA is it's just such a specific setup that you go and may, I think you miss a, like three cuts in a row or something. And you're like, ah, that's that feels like something, you know. So 
the for for John Rom, I'm starting to in in the like win everywhere model. I wonder if that's almost a, a Dustin Johnson like thing. Where it's like I don't know, he's yeah. really really good. He can win yeah. anywhere. There are a lot of aspects to his game that when they're all clicking together, he's going to beat every single player that he's going up against. And so again, like that's that's another. Uh, I find myself as we are trying to, you know, grab hold of everything. I, I think that Tiger Woods being excellent right now has brought to life how young some of the young stars are and how much more golf is left to play. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, with Rom, I think the part of the reason that his game travels so well is he just has so many shots. You know, and and we've kind of joked about this. Like he thinks he's got like every shot in the world, and he he, I mean, he kind of does. Like I don't know if he's quite there yet, but he just he can play in the wind. He's he hits it so high. Like he can just he can do a lot of special things uh, with his irons and with his driver that other guys just can't do. And and I think you've seen sort of the. I don't know, just the results of that over the years. So is he going to do Irish Open and Scottish Open leading into Royal Portrush? I don't know, because he played last week in Spain. He finished uh, second. I don't know if he's doing Scottish. That would be a lot right in a row leading up to to the Open. But uh, he's the best player in the Irish Open field for sure. What's your, uh, what do you, what's your expectation for the Irish Open? What are you excited about? Uh, I mean, I'm excited about all those guys you mentioned. You know, one of the things we talked about on Morning Drive today is Fleetwood hasn't won in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's kind of like been in some stuff, but he he hasn't won. I think you have to go back to was it January 17, maybe in Dubai. When, yeah, was that it? Hold on, I, let me pull it up because I don't want to I don't want to whiff on something here. So the last time Tommy Fleetwood won a tournament was. Dubai 2018. So it was last uh, January. But still, year and a half. um, Matt Wallace intrigues me. He's somebody that people are kind of have been introduced to a little bit. He's probably going to be on the Ryder Cup team next year. Really good player. And then the other thing about some of these lead in tournaments to the open is uh, open qualifying. There's three spots. In the uh, there's three available spots at the Irish Open, so top three finishers that are in the top ten, I think, that aren't already qualified, uh, get into the Open Championship. So that's a that's sort of an underrated deal, I think. We saw that with Doc Redman and um, Nate Lashley last week, and you're going to see some guys this week who aren't in that are going to get in, and it's going to be a big thing for them. Do you think that there's any advantage to going over early to start playing those courses in terms of? how it gets you ready for the open? I don't see how there wouldn't. I mean, like, do you want to go, do you want to go 3M John Deere, uh, uh, port rush? No. Or do you want to, or do you want to go La Hinch Scottish open port rush? I mean, it, it just seems like a no brainer to me. Is that because of your own personal tastes for the kind of course that you like to play? Well, sure. I mean, it's, to me, it's just, it's more fun. Like it's just a better experience, but also, I mean, you look at the run up to the to Port Rush, and it's like, okay, well, you're playing, you're playing uh, Travelers, you're playing 3M, you're playing John Deere. These are these are just all the same course, right? Point and like, shoot, point and yeah, shoot, yeah. It's just the same deal, and and then you get to Port Rush, and you're like, oh, well, that's that's not gonna, you know, that that's not gonna do me any good. And so you're seeing, I, I haven't seen the entire Scottish open field, but I know Rory's playing. I know JT's playing. 
Um, Doesn't is Ricky? Ricky yeah, I feel like he always plays. Ricky yeah. and isn't Phil usually a Scottish Open participant? Yeah, I remember when he dropped the uh, the trophy back in fourteen? <laughs> I had forgotten or about thir- that. Thirteen, I think it was thirteen. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, Fowler's in. Um, Terrell Hatton. It's, yeah, it's a good field. Are you going to get your eyes on any of the action at Lahinch? Yeah. Have you seen this course? No. It's it, it's insane. So Lahinch, it's on the sort of the west coast of Ireland, and it's not. It's never hosted an Irish Open. It's hosted other amateur event, like big time Irish amateur events. But Paul McGinley, uh, former Ryder Cup captain, is taking over for Rory this year as the host of the tournament. And he's not playing, so he's just like he's locked in to making this thing great. And he was like, "Well, why don't we? You know, they they've gone to uh, they've gone to different like bigger uh, courses in the past." And he's like, "Why don't we go to a Hinch? That place is sick." And it's it, but here's the thing, like they call it the St Andrews of Ireland. The the population there, Chip, is seven hundred people. Is it? But is it a lot of space? Like, is it seven hundred people and a lot of farmland? Yes. Oh hell yeah. But I've, I mean, I've seen 700 USGA officials on like the greens <laughs> at, at uh, like, pro, like pro, the night before US Open. I mean, it is there's nobody there. But it, it's a it's a cool deal because like in the summer over there, everybody goes to these towns like this, and so in the summer, their population uh, like t- it's 10x. It's like 7,000 like for the whole gotcha. summer, not not just for this event. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. Not just the course, which. It has some just crazy holes, um, but but just the town, the whole deal, I think is going to be pretty awesome. Coming up on the other side, it's Tuesday, so we got some Tuesday trivia next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, it's time for Chip to make all of the loyal subscribers of the first cut cut podcast scream at their smartphones or podcast devices. <laughs> I try to make these. I, I promise you I've put in, I have, uh, I have not done any research. I want to maintain the integrity of the competition. Uh, I will, I will gladly be the dunce here if the dunce hat is needed. 
Well, so Tuesday trivia today on on uh, Morning Drive, I couldn't think of like one of the questions was which president served to uh, served as like the two time uh, honorary starter for the President's Cup. I couldn't even think of a president. It was unbelievable. <laughs> what was the I, answer? Like it was like name a president, and I couldn't name it. It was Obama. Okay. I put uh, I put forty three. I put George Bush. Texas. Not yeah. It was it was not my <laughs> not my greatest performance. Okay, so these are all relevant to kind of what's coming up uh, this week with the with the three M Open and the Irish Open. Can you give me Chip Phil's last top ten? during this 2018-19 PGA Tour season. Was it at Pebble? Uh, it was at Pebble, but not not the good uh, it was at Pebble. The bad one. The one back in February. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The, it, was, it was at Pebble. <laughs> it was at Pebble when he won. <laughs> yeah, it was at Pebble uh, like 30 weeks ago instead of two weeks ago. Right, right. Um, exactly. he, doesn't have a, he doesn't have a top 10 since then. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. I've already transitioned him in my mind kind of like into this new position where you're more of a figurehead than an actual contender to win. And I'll be glad to be wrong when he does surge back and have some sort of awesome win that everyone's going to go crazy for. But it's been a long time since I've seen that man and who it's been a long time since I've seen him string together four consistent rounds without a lot of just yanking it into the trees and, and putting a seven on the scorecard somewhere and, and you're not going to win tournaments or f- have top tens putting a, putting a triple bogey on the scorecard. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, it's weird to think like telling somebody after Pebble, look, Gary Woodland's going to have more major wins than Phil's going to have top tens the rest of the year. You would have been like, what? That's insane. Like that's stupid. But here we are. He's at the three. I'm open this week. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. He's just sort of like I feel like we're in this sort of uh, there's like a, there's a there's a disparity between how the public thinks about him and how he should be thought about if you're looking at this closely. Because you're like, oh, Phil at a major, yeah, let's you know, let's see what happens. And it's like I can I can tell you what's gonna happen, <laughs> and it's not gonna be something that you're gonna. But but th- that's how it goes with big names. Like we just we always get out of there. We always eject from like hoping in them way past like where where, where they've actually gone downhill. Right, and look, that's. Like that's isn't that another part of just uh, the professional golf tour? I mean, we've we've got to sell tickets, we've got to drive up interest. I think these are events where we need people to come and have the advertising dollars. And and right now, Phil is Phil is a top commodity, even if his game has already gone the other way. And I would challenge that knowing knowing where your game is going might also inspire you to really pump up the last thing that you got, which is your recognition. And not that that would be particularly calculated. It could be subconscious. But like, if you're getting all this attention for 20 years of your career for the way that you're playing, and then all of a sudden the results aren't there anymore, then you then you also still have the opportunity to, to get that attention and positive reinforcement with uh, commercials and appearances and your, your like calf workouts and your missed cut Tuesday flop shot tips. Like not again, not that I would think it's calculated, but the fact that one thing is going down while the other one seems to be continuing to get ramped up. I mean, Kyle, the man just, 
The man just had a pay-per-view golf event. I know. Have you seen his fireside chat thing? Yes. The one with his mom. Did you see that one? I did not see that one. It's pretty good. He He's like, he does it in such a way to where you're like, I think he's in on the joke. Yes, like I do he, too. He Like he is, but then you're like, I don't, I'm not. He's like smart Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> to where you're like, ah, I, I, I think, but I'm not totally sure. He's, he's trying to be funny, but he's not self-aware enough to understand the next levels of the joke. But he, but he's also like kind of doing that on purpose. So you're, it, there's just, it's, there's a lot to unwind, but no, I agree with you. Uh, okay. You're one for one. Next question. This is, this is, uh, this is a little harder. Who has the most Irish open wins? of all time it's a four-way tie so that's why i went with this because you, there's one of any one of four guys you can name is patty harrington one of them uh patrick harrington is not one of them mm. is one of them in the field this week no oh uh, i don't think so um sevy yes all right cool nice got yeah, one of them two, two for two uh who are the others uh, Nick Faldo, Bernard Longer, and Colin Montgomery. That is, uh, I'm glad I was able to get one of them because when you said none of them were in the field, my next guess was just to start running through the top Euros of all time, right? <laughs> like, you're just like, yeah, again, like, what was that list? Faldo, Montgomery, Seve, uh, Longer. Longer, yeah. It's like the, it's like for the top seven ever, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's a sick list. I mean, the, it, that's awesome. It is. It's great. Uh, by the way, did you, did you hear the thing on Sunday where, uh, where Peter Costas asked Faldo a question, but he wasn't at his mic. And so Jim Nance answered for him. No. Oh, dude, you, you gotta go watch it. It's unbelievable. What do you play, play it out for me real quick? So, so, um, Costas was breaking down like Brian Stewart's swing, of course. <laughs> on the swing, on the Konica swing vision? No, he's just like, he's just like locked in talking about how hooded his club face is. Oh, and wow. like, just, I mean, it's just awesome. And he goes to, he goes to uh, Faldo and he goes, um, he said, doesn't that, doesn't that remind you of Trevino? Isn't there a little Trevino in there? And then <laughs> there's this pause. And in retrospect, it was Nance thinking about whether or not he should he should fake it. <laughs> in Faldo's voice. And he goes, he said it was like it was like half Australian, half English. But he said something like, eh, I guess you could say that. <laughs> but, and, but like the funniest part about it is that Nance like picked things up in his own voice like a second after that. Did he acknowledge it? No, <laughs> but you can hear people in the background laughing. You got to go to uh here. Actually, I can just play it for you. It's on this scratch Twitter account. Somebody, somebody called and I heard it. I heard it. I was on the plane. I was watching and I heard it happen and I was like, man, that's sort of weird. Like, <laughs> okay, here, here we go. Hold on. I got my headphones in. I got to take them out. You ready? Yeah. Doesn't it, Nick? Does it look like kind of Trevino if he opened it up and cut it? Yeah, I guess you could say so. <laughs> All right, let's go over to nine. How good is that? 
Man. How funny is that? You got to know. Uh, <laughs> that's only at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, right? He goes, eh, let's go over to nine. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Peter Costas, by the way. That was uh, that was Gary McCord. I screwed that up. Um, well, at least you didn't try to fake an accent doing it. Yes. Uh, okay, number three, last one. We've got, where are we here? Uh, I think I clicked out of my... Okay, whatever. I remember it. It's uh, how many top 20s does Brooks Kepka have at non-majors this year? Top 20s? Top 20s at non-majors. I'm going to guess zero. He's got two. Two? Oh, uh, the week before PGA. Yeah, the week he? before PGA yeah. was uh, Byron Nelson, and then he went T2 at uh, Honda when when Kevin Mitchell won. Mm. Uh, cause where he's got a T 21 somewhere in there, uh, yeah. in a non-major recently. Uh, okay. So yeah, he's got two of them. That's again, like the, the T two at Honda is that long list of the runner ups where, you know, he's, yeah, you're right. He has more major wins than he has non-major wins, but it's, it's not like he's playing terrible golf only at non-majors. Yeah, no, you're right, and I love the runner-up stat, and I think that doesn't get talked about enough, but also, like, I keep going to the stat where he's outside the top 50 in five of his last six non-majors, and uh, I don't know. It, 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 it There is a world, though, and I, 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 you were on this before anybody, I think. There's a world in which Kepka's got, like, seven regular events and four majors, right? Right. So he's like JT, but with more majors. And no, and 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 on a completely like there is no debate if he has seven wins and four majors about who the number one player in golf is, right? Of of like not just in golf right now, but in like this generation, like right. that, like it, it would already be over, right? Basically, right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I love that, and I think I do think there's something to him just being just. I mean. Again, I've said this a million times, but those the major like contending in majors is exhausting. Like it's it's tiring for me and you doing this silly podcast, much less you know being in the final pairing on Saturday and Sunday. It's 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 a lot, and uh, yeah, I do have a I do have an interesting Kepka uh, major related stat that we're going to get to tomorrow in stat of the day. Um, over under Brooks Kepka wins. The rest of the year, 0.5. Well, he's going to win the Open. <laughs> <laughs> the John Deere is a major, so he might play in and win that. Uh, you know, I think it, uh, he plays really well at Memphis, and that's a WGC this year, which it would be kind of weird if he won, I guess, the week after a major. I'll go, I'll go, that's a good, uh, I'll go over. I'm going to go under. I think Brooks is done for the year. Okay. That's, that's fair. I mean, well, I, that's the thing. There's only like seven events left. Right. That's, I mean, and that's not, just, I mean, I, when I say Brooks is done for the year, let's, let's remember that means that, uh, he's, he's already got a T2 at the masters, a PJ championship win and a runner up at the U S open, right? Like to be done for the year, to not play another round of professional golf he's still had one of the best years of anybody on the PGA tour. 
Well, and that's the thing we're talking about today. Because you, you, I keep hollering about, wow, this is so bizarre. And it's like, yeah, it's bizarre enough to be player of the year in 2019. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, that definitely needs to be taken into account. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.